Surrey County in the United Kingdom is due south of London. One of the towns in Surrey might be familiar to folks who've read, listened to, or watched the movie based on The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's called Guildford, and it also happens to be the hometown of the series' weary, tea-deprived protagonist, Arthur Dent. A short drive west of Guildford is a small town called Farnham. It's not humongous, so don't feel bad if you've never heard of it before. It's home to only 40,000 or so people and sits at the western border of Surrey County. Farnham does have a couple of interesting literary claims to fame, however. First, it's apparently where author J.M. Barrie was inspired to write Peter Pan. He was living at Black Lake Cottage when the idea of Pan struck him. And anything you read online about Farnham will make sure you're aware of this fact. Second, it's also home to Moore Park, a remarkable home in Farnham, made all the more famous by the fact that in the 17th century, writer and satirist Jonathan Swift made his home there. Join me as we visit a Canadian whose travels have seen her visit 30 countries before she turned 30, and who now calls Farnham home, just like Swift and Barry, on Canadians Away. Welcome to Canadians Away. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Lauren Gillespie started her world traveler career in 2012. And at least according to our conversation, she's only been in jail once. Um, well, I just kind of wanted to see the world. Um, and I thought it was really difficult to get a teaching job in Alberta when I graduated. And so I thought I'd do that abroad. Um, and I'd go away for a year and come back. Um, but I've really enjoyed wandering and kind of seeing what the world has to offer me. Um, and I've had a ton of adventures and I'm still kind of moving around. So there you go. And, and obviously you're in, you're in Australia now, correct? Uh, I'm in Surrey, just outside London, England. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) You're in Surrey, just outside London, England. And, but that's not where you started. So tell us about like 2012, you, you go out there to find work as a teacher abroad. Where did you start? Uh, New Zealand. So I went to Wellington, New Zealand, um, and I ended up actually struggling to find work there as well. We're in a similar a similar situation to Canada. Um, so I ended up being a bartender at this amazing bar on the waterfront in Wellington. It's just the most beautiful place in the world. Uh, I had a load of fun and made a load of friends out there. I, New Zealand has a very special place in my heart. Um, I eventually found a teaching job as sort of a supply teacher for maths in a in a local school there, um, someone was quite ill. So I just kind of filled that role um, until I was no longer acquired. And this Wellington bar, tell us what it was what it was called and uh, and uh, does it sounds like you recommend that people would visit there if they're ever in New Zealand? A hundred percent. It is called St. John's Bar. Um, it's in this really cool art deco building um, that was an old ambulance building. The building is huge, like. I mean, three floor ceilings kind of thing. Um, 
It has amazing cocktails, amazing people. It just has the most amazing views over the bay. Um, Te Papa Museum is just down the road from it, also on the bay, and it's the most stunning museum as well. You just look around and everything is stunning and everything is beautiful and there's artwork everywhere and then the ocean in front of you. It couldn't be more picturesque. That must have been a great opportunity to get to know local people, perhaps more so than being a teacher. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, I'd made a lot of friends really quickly. Um, one of them even followed me to Oman, which is my next stop, and then followed me to the UK now. And she's a Swedish girl who we've, we've become very close with each other, actually. <laughs> That's really cool. So what was teaching like in New Zealand? Uh, the school I was at was... Um, a bit heartbreaking. It was mainly for mainly full of um, immigrants and Maori students. Um, Maori are the native uh, New Zealand people, um, but unfortunately, they there's a lot of them in sort of poverty stricken situations. Um, so I did my yeah. It was very interesting. You actually, as a teacher, they had had to take a little test and learn about um, all the different sort of traditional Maori um bits and bobs and one thing i can still remember i feel like i should remember more but one thing i still remember is i mean apparently it's quite offensive to sit on a desk so steer clear from that one so oh wow yeah, just an exciting experience no kidding that's that's amazing and so so you went from new zealand to oman that's yeah. to me sounds like a vastly different <laughs> experience yeah, definitely. Um, I had actually broken up with my boyfriend and I was like, what do you do? Move to the Middle East. So that was, yeah, great decision. And to be honest, I had no idea what to expect. I just was like, pack my bags, pack two bags, in fact, and left. Um, when I was told by uh, the travel agent that I could bring two and I got to the airport and found out I could bring one. So I chucked one bag in a bin uh, and then got on the plane. Uh, so that was an interesting start. Um, Oman is an amazing place as well. Muscat this is where I lived. Uh, the people there, they'd honestly like take their shirts off their back for you. They, they're so generous and so kind. Um, I unfortunately worked at a school where the CEO was corrupt and a lot of really shady things happened, um, which got me into some shady, shady situations. Uh, so I got out of there by December. So we, I was there by early August and left December. Like you left the country? Yeah. Then that's when I went to England after that. <laughs> Okay. And, and have you been in the same spot in the UK the whole time? Ish. Yeah. In Surrey, uh, which is my county. Um, I started in a beautiful city called Guildford with a castle and a cathedral and a cobblestone high street. Very what you think of as British, I guess. Um, and just recently I've moved uh, to a place called Farnham. Same sort of deal. No cathedral, but you know, got a castle and like <laughs> cobblestone in history. I actually, my house that I'm living in is a 15th century um, cottage. Like it's really super cool. <laughs> yeah, like even just like your, the background that I can see behind you, like the door with the oh, yeah. <laughs> and the brick and everything. It looks really cool. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's one of the reasons I stayed. Just you know, having this huge wealth of history at my fingertips, I've. I think it's the coolest thing. And it's so funny. People always say, you know, why would the Brits are always like, why would you come here? Like, why would you leave New Zealand? Why would you leave the Middle East? And I'm like, it's it's just so beautiful. And there's so much history and there's so much you can learn. I mean, walking on the high a bit scary. And, you know, to be honest, like all the people that worked at the school were brilliant. The head is like the most amazing person in the world. He was so resilient and tried so hard to make it right for us. Um, he actually left before I did. 
um, I think there was just a point that it just took a toll on everyone. Um, it took us, yeah, quite some time to get a furnished flat, sleeping on the floor. Oh, no, sleeping on, I no, I did have a bed. I did have a mattress right away, but my bed came later and couch came after that. Um, probably the craziest thing was getting out. <laughs> this was like my first date story in England. It made me very uh, it's interesting, I would say. Um, overselling it maybe but anyways <laughs> when I decided to leave I think I was about the 13th or 14th person um to get out and the people who left they were saying there was funny stuff going on with their banks and they weren't being paid and um they had families to support and it was just a bit scary and I knew I wanted to leave I'd got this job in England um and so I was trying to be super hush hush about it unfortunately in Oman um, especially as a foreigner, your boss kind of controls a lot for you. Like he, my boss controlled the fact whether we could get a drinking license or not. And he did not give us that. So we are one of the few foreigners who weren't allowed to buy alcohol there, which is fine, whatever. But anyways, he also controlled um, whether or not I could get a police check. So I needed a police check to start my job in the UK. And my employer had to sign that for that to happen. So I actually went to various police stations in Muscat just begging them without the signature to um, to just process it so I could get this background check done. And eventually I very randomly ended up at a jail. I thought it was a police station, but it was a jail. Um, and I walked in asking the same thing. Can you please just process this so I can, you know, so I can work abroad like my boss. If he signs it, I think I might lose some money and whatever. Um, and uh, I started to cry and I ended up leaving because they said no, just like everyone else. And this man, when I started to leave, ran out after me. He was like, hey, 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 like, if you if you really, really want this done, like, I can help you. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah. And he's like, it's not going to be very nice, but, like, I'll do my best help. He's like, I'll do anything. Like, just just help me out here. And so I went back in, um, and he said the only way that he could uh, actually, with the computer system they have, um, take my background check and everything and get the certificate done was if he registered me in this men's prison as an inmate. And so I had to, yeah. So I had to go through this like process of getting my fingerprints done and everything like with other people who are currently being, um, going through the same process and like went through this like long corridor. It probably is much shorter than I remember, but I, with like jail on one side and cement on the other side and the screaming I heard as I came through these people and like spitting. And it was just like, it was absolutely disgusting. And then they had me in this like, um like a, a small room and there is like a bench around the outside of it where we were kind of being shuffled along as we were being processed um and to be honest <laughs> I sat down on that bench and I was like oh my god like no one knows I'm here <laughs> this yeah. could be the last time that anyone sees me um I will never like I will never be seen again blah 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 I just had a little like I was very ready to start crying again at that point but in the end this guy took really good care of me and uh I wasn't shackled like the other people were around me who were waiting to be processed as well. And uh, to, I got out of there two weeks later at uh, Mizun Mosque, which is a big mosque down the road from where I lived. I met this police officer at midnight and he uh, he gave me my certificate so I could get my job in the UK. Holy shit. Is that ridiculous? <laughs> like, it, it, it sounds like you were like almost sort of kidnapped in a way by... <laughs> This boss of yours. Well, just funny because, like, apparently after I left, things got better at the school and stuff. And I know people who still work there, actually. And there's only a very few. I think most people did their contract and then left. Um, 
but I kind of wasn't really willing to do that. I was going through a rough, a rough patch as well with my breakup. So I don't think I was in the right state of mind to be in a, an unstable living position. And I just, I felt like I just needed to leave. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a bit scary and worrying, but it's, you know, an interesting story. And unfortunately I get not so interesting after it. So it's just gonna go downhill from here. Sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like after an experience like that, no wonder a place like Surrey, which the locals feel maybe is not as exciting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Feels pretty good to be in. Yeah, definitely. And to be honest, like Surrey's absolutely stunning. I couldn't have been luckier to to actually I didn't do any research on the job. I just took it and ended up in one of the most beautiful areas in Britain. So very lucky. <laughs> and and what are the uh what are the Brits like where you're living? What kind of people are they? Um, do you know what? It's a really interesting area. It's um, one of the most affluent areas in the country. Well, it certainly is, other than London, it's the most affluent area in the country. Um, lots of people are really well off. Uh, you get your little pockets of poverty, which is really unfortunate. Um, and because of where I live, you get this, it, it just seems so stark when you see someone who doesn't have much. So it's a, it's a, I think from a teaching perspective, I, I see the, the most vulnerable and the most well off and it, the difference is um, like crazy to me. Um, so yeah, I live in an area where people have a lot of money and sometimes you can walk around and you can sort of uh, get a feel for that. Um, but I think most people are kind and warm and caring, but it just, unfortunately in the UK, I, it takes a little while to get through to people. I think in Canada and New Zealand, people are always so friendly. I made friends really easily. And then in the UK, it's been a bit more difficult. Yeah. Like when you're walking down the street, do you say hello to people or do you just um, kind of... No, I find that so insane. I miss that so much about Canada. Like literally people will do everything they can to not look at you. Um, and then I go back to Canada. People are smiling and saying hi. I'm just like, oh gosh, <laughs> it's so different. I miss that so much. People think I'm crazy if I smile at them in the street here. That's unbelievable. Like I just, I can't imagine doing anything else, at least like acknowledging someone as you cross <laughs> them, right? No, it's it's doing everything you can to avoid another human being. <laughs> so, so how did you get through uh, uh, to folks there? How did how were you able to make friends? Do you know it's all my all my friends I have on my own um, actually come from teaching. Uh, they're obviously very animated and social human beings, and the people at my school actually took me in straight away after my first day. They invited me out to the pub, so that that was quite nice. But those were the only friends I, I made, unfortunately, um, until I met my boyfriend, and his friends are also super awesome human beings. So they're kind of my friends now too. Well, that's good. <laughs> Which has but, worked out. <laughs> but it does take it takes a little bit to crack that shell, I guess. Certainly, yeah. What What do you think? How would you? say that folks where you're living would describe Canadians based on their experience with you? Like, are we well regarded as a people? Do they just think we're like America light? <laughs> Do you know what? People always say, oh, you're American. Um, and then I say, oh, no, sorry, Canadian. They're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, they, it's, it's all the same stereotypes that we're really kind, that we're um, very generous, very bubbly, open people. Canadians are so well looked upon everywhere in the world. That's something I've certainly learned. Um, unfortunately, I'm a very strict teacher, so my students are like constantly saying, I thought Canadians were meant to be nice, miss. I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> I would be nice if you weren't an idiot. <laughs> but anyways. 
That's awesome. And what are the differences, I guess, between if there are any education systems as you understand them in Canada and the UK? Like, is it is it pretty similar? Um, no, it's really different, actually. And, you know, there's pros and cons to each. I would say certainly um, British teachers are the hardest working teachers ever. Um, there are a lot of standards that need to be met and a lot of things that you need to do that are above what you do in Canada or what I did in New Zealand um, or what I did in the Middle East, for that matter. And um, I can see why, in theory, it would be a good idea. Um, however, it's a, there's a lot of teacher burnout. I mean, I get to school at seven and I leave at between five and six most nights. Um, but yeah, no one wants to be teachers here. That's essentially what it comes down to. And it's very, they've added a lot of extras here in the UK. Um, Canadian teaching was a bit more relaxed. But the cool thing about being, uh, when I did my practice in Canada, was that I actually had time to be a better teacher. So although the Brits want you to do all these extra bits to help the students, I feel like my lessons suffer. Um, but having that said, the Brits do go above and beyond with CPD. I can 100% say that I am a better teacher here than I would have been in Canada. There's a lot of regulations and extra things you need to do every year to prove that you're making progress in your career. And they just don't have those same, um, well, not to as high of a standard. And um, so it's it's a, it's a really funny situation. I think I've learned more here, um, but I also was able to focus on my teaching practice more in Canada. So I think I delivered better lessons there just because I was dealing with less faffy stuff. <laughs> Interesting balance. Like that's, that's quite a difference. What's the, yeah. the school year like? Like, do you guys still have in the UK, like two months of summer, spring break um, sort of thing? Yeah, well, so we have, they split out the breaks a bit more. So we have a week at, um, in October, October half term, and then we have two weeks at Christmas, um, a week off at Feb, uh, two weeks at Easter, and a week off in May, and then only one month in the summer, um, which is quite nice because you can kind of go explore, like it, it kind of breaks it up. And it is such hard work with everything you need to do. I actually kind of need those breaks to catch up on all the paperwork that um, is required of me over here. So. Yeah. So during those breaks, that, that month off you get in the summer, have you had the opportunity to explore uh, Europe very much? Um, do you know what? Yeah. I, well, in a few years ago, before I came head of faculty, yes, certainly. Um, I, I would try to do 30 countries before 30, and I did it. So there you go. So Europe made that way easier, <laughs> actually. Um, so that was pretty cool. What were some of the the highlights, uh, highlight countries you got to see in the 30 before 30? Oh, my God. Good question. Um, let's have a think. Do you know, I like a lot of the Nordic countries, yeah. Um, certainly. Uh, yeah. Norway was really, really cool. Um, Finland was really, really cool. Um, I really want to go to Sweden. That's why I didn't quite get to. Um, yeah. Iceland also really cool, but that's not Europe, I guess. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's awesome. What did you like about those countries? Like I've heard, I've spoken to one person who lived in Norway and her description of the culture was really fascinating. What did you like about it? Um, I feel like everyone's just got everyone's back. That was sort of the sense about it. Everyone is working for the greater good of everyone else. Um, and you just sort of get that vibe when you're, when you're there. Um, but also a rich history as well. That's so different from the UK and actually and so different from Canada. I think just being that far North with the extremes of temperatures, you get kind of 
um, it gave it a bit more interest there when I went to some of the museums and stuff. So, yeah. Do you, uh, do you miss Lethbridge? Do you miss Canada? <laughs> I miss Canada. <laughs> Lethbridge <laughs> is a touchy spot with me. I'm not a, not a fan. Unfortunately, I, uh, did not have a very, uh, fun time there growing up. Um, so it's a beautiful place as far as scenery goes. And there's still a few people there I care very much about, but <laughs> yeah, I miss Canada. I, and I, I always miss it and I've missed it more over the last years and kind of been thinking maybe at what point do I come home? Yeah. So. I was going to ask, that was going to be my next question. Is that part of your plan? Well, you know, last week when they didn't shut schools, um, I immediately said, <laughs> all right, so 3,000 people have this thing. And uh, when do I go to Canada? Because schools are shut and they got 200 cases of Corona. So there you go. Yeah. Um, that was probably the most knee-jerk reaction ever. Um, but I was thinking in the next couple of years, maybe living part-time, um, you know, we're my boyfriend and I are doing quite well. And so we were thinking if we could do like half, half year in Canada, half year in um, the UK, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, no kidding. What are some of the things you actually miss about Canada? Obviously family and that sort of thing. Sure. But like, yeah. are there, are there, you know, things you can't get in the UK that you could get in Canada that you miss? I think everything comes down to the, the warmth of the people. Um, and the kindness of Canadians. I And not to say that Brits aren't kind, but again, there's just this extra barrier that comes up. In Canada, people are so willing to help and so willing to smile. And, you know, if you're if someone was crying in the streets in Canada, I reckon everyone would be surrounding that person and saying, oh my goodness, are you okay? But I've seen a girl cry on a subway, or on, not on a subway, a tube, I should say, um, and no one wanted to talk to her everyone just tried to ignore her and it was only me in the end who got up and said man like you don't need to tell me what you're going through but do you want a hug <laughs> yeah. um but it's just yeah it's it's very um i guess isolating if you don't know people yeah definitely um if if you were chatting with someone who was like i think i might want to teach abroad or have some kind of experience living abroad what would you say to them do it. It's the best thing ever. Honestly. I mean, you go through, I've grown so much as a person just, you know, rocking up to a country with a backpack being like, all right, find a house, find a job, go. Um, and I feel so fiercely independent now. And I feel like I'm a tough cookie and that I could tackle anything, which is a really nice feeling to have. Um, but also just seeing so many different cultures and so many different people and the history of the world has been one of the most amazing experiences ever. I'm so excited and I'm almost even tempted to do one more country before coming to Canada. That's also been sort of in the back of my mind. So we'll see. So if you did have the opportunity to do one more country, where do you think you'd go? <laughs> to be honest with you, um, my I, I initially left Canada with the intention to go to Greece and teach there, but then uh, a lot was going on with the financial crisis and any opportunity I, opportunities I had very quickly disappeared. Um, I've still not been to Greece and that's always been a dream location for me. So if, if this whole everything blows over and you know we get to travel freely in the next few years, I will certainly be heading that way. I think that would be the absolute dream for me. And that's the end of Season 2, Episode 10 of Canadians Away. Thanks so much to Lauren Gillespie for sharing her stories with me. Canadians Away is hosted by me, Adam Rosenhart, and produced by Julie Elford. 
If you're a Canadian with a story to share about living abroad, email us at info at canadiansaway.ca and let's keep building this global network of Canadians living abroad. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Canadians Away on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever pods are cast. And please leave us a favorable review. You can follow and like us on both Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Canadians Away. We're also on Twitter at Canadians Pod. Thanks so much for listening. We'll hear from another Canadian living abroad, our last episode for the season, in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.